Hey there, listeners. I'm Abby. And I'm Kelsey. And we're on month two of our fairy tale fix, Summer Vacation. Uh, You'll be pleased to know we did find a sea witch, and we do have beautiful mermaid tails now. We have been swimming deep in the ocean. We have lured dozens of sailors to their untimely deaths. Don't worry, they all deserved it. They really did. <laughs> we made sure of it first. The ones the ones that are pure of heart did not drown. <laughs> we breathed air into their lungs with kisses, like like in the movie Splash. And <laughs> they're doing fine. <laughs> Um, you might be wondering how it came upon uh, these mermaid tales. Obviously, you don't get something for nothing when you're making deals with the sea witch. We traded her, Dustin. Oh, Dustin, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice, Dustin. Uh, we really appreciate it. Taking one for the team. You're the light of our lives, truly. Our king. Our king will be back at the end of August. The sea witch has promised to give him back. In exchange for our mermaid tales when mm-hmm. we're done with our vacation. And she's really beautiful and super nice. So Dustin's having a great time. <laughs> she's like just a little mean, but in a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about Dustin is my point. He's having he's having a fantabulous time. Dustin's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, this is our second uh, bonus ode release that we are passing out to all of you lovely listeners on our main feed. And in this episode, you're going to hear two amazing stories, which Doppelgrim was one of them, right? Yes. So one of my f- absolute personal favorite stories that made me probably cry left for 10 minutes. Uh, Dustin cut most of it out, so you don't have to listen to me. You know, just wheezing into a microphone for 10 minutes. <laughs> it was so good, though. <laughs> but this story, Doppelgram, is so fucking crazy. It's so absolutely wild that I have often forgotten what the next one is even about. <laughs> I mean, I remember a little. Which yeah, is the Fletcher's next one Bird. was Fletcher's Bird, which is an alternative Bluebeard telling uh it's it's the german version of Mm -hmm. a similar story uh instead of the french version it's a really fun story i really enjoyed reading it i enjoyed looking at the differences doppelgrim is absolutely elite though yeah i'm very excited for everyone to hear it you if you're a fan of fairy tale fix you will absolutely enjoy this story and i'm so excited that it will be on our public feed which, by the way, I want to take a huge moment to thank all of our patrons that have made uh, all of these bonus episodes a reality. Uh, so thank you to all of our beautiful patrons, Sarah, Hannah, Nick, Olivia, Melissa, Sonia, Ellie, Caroline, Jeremy, Jordan, Lisa, Maddie, Kaylee, Zach, Kelsey, Dami, Chris, Jen, Julia, Adam, Noah, Ricky, Elizabeth, and Angel. We love you. Thank you so, so much. You have the clearest skin. (laughs) (laughs) The clearest skin of anyone in all the land. And the most sparkling eyes. Mm -hmm. And sparkling personalities, Mm because only people with good taste support this podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. We were silent for a whole minute. And you know what? No more. We won't no. be anymore. Dustin, I refuse. Stop trying to silence our voices. God damn it, Dustin. 
much drink have you had today, Abby? <laughs> Almost one. Oh. But I've also had a lot of coffee. So I feel like the combi- – and I've had them back to back. So I feel like the combination of the two is – um Okay. I feel simultaneously very energized, but also a little loopy. So we'll see well, that, how this goes. I think that'll make for a great episode. A great bonus ode. Welcome to Fairy Tale Fix. <laughs> Patreon exclusive episode. This is where you get us at our best slash worst slash most easygoing selves. <laughs> because we love you the most. This is where we're the most honest, I think. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, which actually brings me to my next point, Abby. So there's a show I wanted to recommend to everyone. I recently discovered this show with our good friend, Caroline. It's called sexy beasts. What the, what, what is that? (laughs) It's on Netflix and it is like the worst garbage, but I watched every single episode because it made me laugh so much. It is a reality dating show (gasps) where (laughs) they have these. um, Okay. I almost want to just watch it for the amazing makeup artists that create these like crazy looks on these people, right? Oh my gosh. It's like everybody's walked out of a Star Trek set Mm -hmm. with like all of these amazing prosthetics. Yeah. They look like zoo animals or aliens or Or zombies or whatever. Yeah. Or this one woman has like a shark head. Yes. Cool. So, and the idea is that they go on these dates so they get to know each other without having looks as like part of the equation. Although the, the looks are like the main part of this whole show because there's always like the reveal. And it's like, <laughs> do you regret not picking this person? Look how beautiful they are. Because <laughs> everyone on the show is obviously like super It's obviously hot. gorgeous. Actually, so I just clicked on a review for the show because I was curious about where they were going with it. But one person wrote, I like the concept and the costumes are amazing, but I have a few problems with the show. Number one, all of the women were incredibly beautiful. I would have liked to have seen some average looking women to balance things out. All of the men were incredibly beautiful, too. Well, this person thought that the men looked balanced enough, but there were too many African-British guys, but there weren't (laughs) enough African-British women. They have a lot of opinions about the show. I really love it. They have a lot of opinions about the racial makeup of the show. They'd really like to see more white, Hispanic, and Asian guys in season two and more African-British women. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) There was not a ton of ethnic diversity but I mean, there's only like 10 episodes. Even if the faces were covered, everyone was still looking at each other's bodies. Many of the people in this show were incredibly shallow and selfish, especially the guy in the second episode. Couldn't stand his personality. I hope he got dumped by that girl right after the show. Okay, but that was the best episode because that guy was such <laughs> a dick. It, I was like waiting for all of the women to be like, I don't want to get picked. He was the mm-hmm. guy who's dressed up like a beaver. Uh, it's... <laughs> You guys, it's just like if you like absolute garbage TV and you need a break, like a palate cleanser for something serious, this was so stupid and so funny. I watched all of them. Okay. (laughs) I'm not proud. No, I'm very into this. I mean, especially (laughs) like. so funny. I don't have a leg to stand on. I binged watched all of. 90 day fiance and then i also watched all of love is blind and like you're the one that made me watch love is blind (laughs) and i loved it and it was so fun i hate myself for it i think this was better because the prosthetics just the makeup was so good and i think they picked the most obnoxious people possible 
They're only like 20 minute episodes. I think they're really short. Yes, I will absolutely watch this. This looks like this looks <laughs> like exactly my flavor of trash. Oh, and my my question is, is the narrator single? Because the narrator is who I'm in love with. <laughs> the narrator was funny and making puns. Rob Delaney is the narrator. Oh, sure. Yeah, I recognize his face. Yeah, he's hilarious. So definitely uh, check it out. And you're welcome. Thank you for that. When you're shaking your fist at me going, Kelsey, God damn it. Kelsey, why did you make me watch this trash? You're welcome. Oh, then I have a a reality TV show trash for you to watch. Oh, no. It's a UK reality TV show. They have every single episode on Hulu, and it's called Tattoo Fixers. Oh, okay. It's a tattoo shop in Soho in London, and they essentially do really nice cover-ups for people's ill-advised tattoos that are almost always something really rude or really sexual and then they do a cover-up for them but first you but first each person tells you the story behind the tattoo that they got that sounds amazing actually it's so fun it's a (laughs) really fun show they and they find people with the most bonkers tattoos they find people who got the most offensive shit tattooed on their bodies the tattoo artists talk to them for a while lightly rib them about it and then do a cover-up of the tattoo and it's it's such a fun show tattoo fixers uk highly recommend okay i will definitely add that to (laughs) all of the artists are super fucking weird too and they i like them a lot it's great (laughs) that sounds awesome enjoy Getting our reality TV fix. It's just, you know, something stupid to have on in the background that you don't really have to pay attention to because there's no plot. Yeah, I'm not I'm not usually one for reality <laughs> TV, but this just hit all of my funny bones and made me laugh and cringe and just, you know, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much good TV out there to watch, but why watch it? Because there's yeah. also so much incredibly stupid TV out there to watch. <laughs> Why watch something good with meaning when you could watch something stupid, <laughs> sexy people dressed up dating each other mm-hmm. or people who got a giant penis tattooed on their forearm. <laughs> Explain why they thought that was a cool idea. Oh, I bet those stories are so good. It's almost always I was at I was at a bachelorette party and I got really fucking drunk no. <laughs> is almost always the story. I can't imagine being so drunk that I would ever think a tattoo would be a good idea. But I'm, I also no. don't have any tattoos, so maybe that's different. I've recently added my collection. Hang on. How many do I have now? I think I have 10. Mm-hmm. I have 10 tattoos, and I don't. And I can't imagine a scenario <laughs> where I would get drunk and get tattooed. Yeah. And also, I can't think of any shop that I've ever been to that would allow say, it. Isn't that bad? Like your blood thins or something, right? See, so bleed more and they're like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's definitely, that's one potential reason why like you can't get tattooed if you're drunk is because your blood isn't clotting the same way. And so it makes mm-hmm. it harder to do tattoos. But, but also it's a judgment thing of mm-hmm. yeah. most tattoo shops won't do it partially because of the physical reasons, but also partially because no, I'm an ethical person and you're really <laughs> drunk. <laughs> but there are some places that do not care. So. I was going to ask if our listeners were tattoo artists, but I forgot. This is our Patreon. Are you a tattoo artist that I don't know about secretly? 
amateur tattooing? I don't know what all of you do for a living, but if you are a tattoo artist, hit us up. We have some Let questions. We're very curious. <laughs> um, speaking of our lovely patrons, this is our bonus ode. It's just bonus for you. Ode. We make it just for you once a month because we love you and you love us. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to Jordan, Jeremy, Lisa, Madeline, Kaylee, Zach, Kelsey, Dami, Chris, Jen, Julia, Noah, Ricky, Elizabeth, Cindy, Angel, Dustin. And Adam, if you ever get your card not declined. And and Adam, big guy, buddy, <laughs> if you ever get your card hooked back up to our Patreon, I will thank you too. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because that's my husband. Right. Yes. Just in case you like, this is your first episode that you're listening to. We don't just random. We don't just shame. <laughs> we don't shame anybody. Not going to call you out. Has to probably. cancel their pledge. The only person we're calling out is Kelsey's husband. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> for I, not renewing his pledge. I definitely don't think he listens to these episodes. <laughs> no. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have been shamed into hooking his card back up at some point. Mm-hmm. But Um, (laughs) I also just wanted to, uh, give a special shout out this month to Angel who upped his pledge. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much, Angel. Thank you so much. That is super, like, that is super wonderful of you. Thank you so much for doing that. I, I honestly don't know what to say because the, the, the prize you get at Angel's new tier is being able to play TTRPGs with me and Kelsey once a fiscal quarter. But Angel and I already play TTRPGs with each other <laughs> every weekend. So we'll have to think of something special to do for you, buddy. And because I want to be included in on that. Yes. Maybe it's, sure. you know what? That's it. He wants to play with you. He already <laughs> plays with me all the time. He wants to play with you. That must Let's be it. That it. must be why. We'll do it. We'll take care of it. We'll make it happen. We've got two fairy overlords now, and we are not worthy so we are not worthy thank you thank you so much to everybody who makes this podcast continue to be possible we really appreciate it yeah and we're really excited because in about a month it'll be our podversary we will have been doing this for one year and we have some really exciting things planned yes um hopefully as long as you know travel plans stay in place abby is actually going to come out to california and visit Mm -hmm. me Yes. So excited. Theoretically, hopefully, if they don't send us all back into lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then we're hoping we can do something cool for like a live, you know, mm-hmm. one year podversary thing. Yes. So, <laughs> so be prepared for that. We will have more plans yeah. soon. Plans in the works. Follow our socials uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get full details on that. But yeah, we're we're really excited. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do a giveaway year. in September. Um, you know, more details to come, but we're it's it's open to everyone. So we're just going to do like a fun giveaway in celebration of doing this crazy thing for a year. So for a whole year. Stoked. Yeah. <laughs> it's been the best year. Well, I mean, it's been a terrible year, but it's yeah. but this has been good. This has been a wonderful bright spot that has made this year more bearable. So the best part of a work, the worst year <laughs> of a really rough year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, we are going to go ahead and uh, tell a couple stories now and Let's we're going do to it. do, we're going to randomize it again because last bonus ode was very fun. We had so much fun. We want to do it again. We do. We want to do it again. 
I am ready for you to help me pick a story. Okay. So I'm really nervous. I feel like this might be a terrible idea, but I really wanted to read something from East of the Sun, West of the Moon. I think that's a wonderful idea. We will <laughs> we will literally roll the dice on it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous because these stories are pretty crazy and they're also hard to read a little bit. Like they have this mm-hmm. old timey language that kind of trips me up a little. Yeah, it can be a little hard to parse, but I believe in you. And I don't think anything's ever going to beat John and his brothers. <laughs> John and his brothers was so flipping good. <laughs> like, I'm still kind of reeling on that story just a little bit. It, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention this with Roland in the last episode because we picked it by chance, but I ended up reading the original version from our last bonus ode. I mm-hmm. read Roland. And the original is called Sweetheart Roland. And it's even worse because he actually doesn't get enchanted by, like, a witch or a mistress or whatever. He just forgets about the maiden and, like, leaves her and doesn't come back. (laughs) And then she turns herself into a flower in the hopes that she'll get trampled to death. Not that someone will take her into town and she'll meet up with yeah. Roland again, but that the she, original like, versions are so dark. <laughs> he's just a straight up jerk. So I still don't understand why the story oh was called God. Roland. Uh, I was so, so silent there for a minute because in a great <laughs> visual bit for a podcast, I just passed out and leaned all the way back in my chair with how she did. disappointing that great. is. very very disappointing i hate everything about that yeah so roland was the worst you heard it here (laughs) you heard it your own ears damn damn okay what the fuck anyway (laughs) on that note i wanted to update everyone and uh, now I'm going to pick my story. Okay, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. I'm just going to like flip the pages and then I'm going to okay. have Abby tell me when to stop. Like I'm a magician or something. <laughs> Is this your card? Keep going. Stop. So this story is called Dapplegrim. That is not helpful. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I was like really interested is like because I probably wouldn't have picked this one. No, because that help that title is not helpful. Dapplegrim. Dapplegrim. What are your predictions? I know that Asbjansen and Mo is Norwegian and not German, so I know that Doppelgrim probably isn't a word that's even related to Doppelganger, but I don't care. <laughs> My first prediction is that there will be a Doppelganger. I love that so much. That's a great <laughs> prediction, honestly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Because doppelganger does sound a little like Norse. It does. It does. So maybe it's just like it was a trade. It was a it was a linguistic, you know, mm-hmm. drift type thing. I don't know. Anyway, there will be a doppelganger. Doppelgrim features a trio of brothers as its protagonists. Okay, I like it. And doppelgrim, the antagonist, will not be trolls. Okay. Not be trolls. Here are my predictions. My first prediction is that it's going to have a very important talking animal. Okay. But more importantly, there will also be a demon or devil. Ooh, okay. My third prediction is that 
the antagonist will be trolls. Nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fight me. Fight me. <laughs> so there's going to be demons and devils and trolls. And trolls in your prediction. I have high hopes for this story. That's going to be the greatest of all time. <laughs> talking animals, demons, and trolls. Absolutely. Let's Ooh, go for it. Can I specific, you know, can I change talking animal to talking cat specifically? Yes, do it. I love it. Get <laughs> get wild. I'm specifically changing my talking animal to I want it to have a talking cat. Talking okay. cat. All right. I like it. <laughs> get specific. I really enjoy doing these and finding out the answers together. I think that that's, <laughs> I think it's really fun. <laughs> this might become a regular thing. If you like this uh, format, let us know, like reach out mm-hmm. and just uh, comment yeah. on Tell Patreon us like or this. email us. Mm-hmm. May do it more often or as part of the regular show. Or let us know if you absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That too, but I can't imagine anyone would because it's so funny. Abby's reaction to the horse getting his head chopped off in the last one just made me laugh so hard. I still think about it. Because <laughs> I get to I got to react <laughs> as I was reading it. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay. Okay, tell me Doppelgrim. Doppelgrim. Once upon a time there was a rich couple who had twelve sons. Wow. That's a lot of sons. That's too many. That is far too many children. When they only have three children, I still think that's too many children. Mm-hmm. But the youngest, when he was grown up, said he wouldn't stay any longer at home, but be off into the world to try his luck. His father and his mother said he did very well at home and had better stay where he was. But no, he couldn't resist. Away he would go. So at last they gave him leave. And when he had walked a good bit, he came to a king's palace where he asked for a place and got it. Huh. This story is just picking up. Already. It's starting off with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the daughter of the king of that land had been carried off into the hill by a troll. Oh, my God. I swear to God, I didn't plan that at all. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Shit. (laughs) I'm so excited right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) All right. Uh, Okay. Now the daughter of the king of the land that had been carried off into the hill by a troll and the king had no other children. So he and all his land were in great grief and sorrow. And the king gave his word that anyone who could set her free should have the princess and half the kingdom. Maybe he should have had six kids. And then that other family could have had just six kids. Oh yeah. That would have been good. And they all could have got married. Mm Mm-hmm. See, that would have been cute. But there was no one who could do it, though many tried. Probably enter our little lad. Enter the youngest son. Mm -hmm. Yes, obviously. (laughs) So when the lad had been there a year or so, he longed to go home again and see his father and mother, and back he went. But when he got home, his father and his mother were dead, and his brothers had shared all that the old people owned between them. And so there was nothing left for the lad. This is before, uh, like, phones and texting and... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, Twitter <laughs> updates. <laughs> but also, it probably doesn't predate the letter. That's true, but maybe he was exploring so they didn't know where the heck he was. Although, I don't know, maybe it does. I I don't think the peasant class were really all super accomplished letter writers, super literate uh, before, what, like, the 17-somethings. 
Well, I don't think the point so much is that his parents are dead. I think the point is that they, like his other 11 brothers, split everything between them. So now right, he doesn't that's get rude. anything. But I mean, but if they can't write a letter, how are they supposed to let him know that their parents died? That's true. I think that's fair. So, you know, I think it's on him for not checking in. (laughs) But he's pretty annoyed about it. Shan't I have anything at all, then, out of father and mother's goods, said the lad. Who could tell you were still alive when you went gadding and wandering off so long, said his brothers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they have a point. (laughs) But all the same, there are 12 mares up on the hill, which we haven't shared yet among us. If you choose to take them for your share, you're quite welcome. Okay, so he is getting something. He's getting something. Horses are expensive to feed. So he's probably going to have them all killed because that's it's a Norwegian fairy tale. Oh, that's what I should have put in my predictions. (laughs) (laughs) A horse will get its head chopped off. Horse, Horse death. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the lad was quite content, so he thanked his brothers and went at once up on the hill where the twelve mares were out at grass. And when he got up there and found them, each of them had a foal at her side, and one of them had besides, along with her, a big dapple gray foal, which was so sleek that the sun shone from its colt. I love that. I love that this is going to be a horse story. Me too. Excellent. Well, so far. Fine fellow you are, my little foal, said the lad. And then he struck its head off in one motion with a sword. (laughs) (laughs) But then it turned into a beautiful maiden. It turned into a beautiful maiden. (laughs) If only. But it is a talking horse. Yes, said the foal. But if you'll only... Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, tell me, tell me. (laughs) I can't do this. You can. I believe in you. I definitely had way too much Prosecco before this. Okay. Yes, said the foal. But if you only kill all the other foals. (laughs) (laughs) So that I may run and suck all the mares one year more. You'll see how big and sleek I'll be then. Yes, the lad was ready to do that. So he killed all those 12 foals. (laughs) And went home again. I every single story that we read from this book henceforth I am going to predict that a horse will get killed. I'm genuinely tearing up a little because <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is this every horse injustice? Time. <laughs> I can not get through it. Okay. It's it's not even this book. It's like <laughs> So many stories. Where did they just kill the horse? Just as for horses. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. That was so hard to get through. That's. I mean, because it's so funny. Because we were just talking about it, and the next sentence out of the out of the story was like, "You should kill all of these horses." <laughs> this is horse on horse violence. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. So, and the, and so naturally the, the young man is like, that's a great idea. Yeah, and then great idea. I'm just going to kill all these other horses. All of the other foals. Okay. So, ooh. <laughs> while, while the other horse continues to like suckle on all of the milk from uh, the other, from the other horses who like they don't notice <laughs> if their kids are dead or I don't know. Is this the only talking horse in this story? 
They're, I hope so, because the others are going to be all too aware. <laughs> what did, did old timey people have so much against horses? I don't know. I don't, I you just, know what? I don't think they just, I don't think they valued them enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Continue. I'm, we're fine. I'm going to try this. Okay. This is so <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when he came back the next year to look after his fallen mares, the foal was so fat and sleek that the sun shone from its coat and it had grown so big that the lad had hard work to mount it. As for the mares, they had each of them another foal. Well, it's quite plain that I lost nothing by letting you suck all my 12 mares, said the lad to the yearling. But now you're big enough to come along with me. No, said the colt. I must bide here a year longer. And what? now... Why? Lazy. <laughs> Does he have to kill all of the mares, Kelsey, and, so that he can have all the grass in the fields? And now kill all the 12 foals that yep. I may suck all the mares this year, too, so you'll see how big and sleek I'll be by summer. Yes, the lad did that in the next year. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm sorry. for horses now. Hang on. Question. How'd those mares get pregnant again? The neighbor better have a stud horse or something. And it's not like this cult that's getting all of like, I mean, and then suckling on them and then having his children killed. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say, but it did say that they all, all the 12 mares had 12 more foals. Yep. This is getting kind of fucked up. All right. Go on. <laughs> the, the name of this episode is horse on horse violence. Horse on horse violence for sure. Yes, the lad did that, and the next year, when he went up on the hill to look after his colt and the mares, each mare had her full, but the dappled colt was so tall that the lad couldn't reach up to his crest when he wanted to feel how fat he was, and so sleek he was, too, that his coat glistened in the sunshine. Big and beautiful you were last year, my colt, said the lad, but this year you're far grander. There's no such horse in the king's stable, but now you must come along with me. Does he want him to kill all the other foals again? God damn it. I was joking. <laughs> no, said Dapple again. I must stay here one year more. Kill the 12 foals as before that I may suck the mares the whole year and then just come and look at me when the summer comes. When are we getting a horror movie <laughs> based off of this? <laughs> like this eldritch nightmare of a horse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is this Paul Bunyan's horse? This I is was just, yes. <laughs> this is getting so tall. Oh my gosh! You guys, I can't. I could not make this up if I tried. Can he even <laughs> fit under the mares at this point? <laughs> yeah, like why does he need them? But of course, our lad does just that. He killed what? the foal and went away home. What does he do for the rest of the year? He goes to therapy about all of his horse murder. <laughs> <laughs> or just writes books about how much he fucking hate, hates horses, I guess. I guess. I can't believe that after everything, we're getting a story that is mostly horse murder so far. <laughs> I, I feel like this isn't real. Am I having a fever dream? How is this story existing? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I'm sure that the horse needs to grow big and tall for a reason. Get there. <laughs> okay. There's still lots of story left, so... <laughs> the devil is in this story. It's just not obvious yet. Okay. <laughs> so when our lad went up next year to look after Dapple and the mares, he was quite as astonished. 
So tall and so stout and sturdy, he never thought a horse could be, for Dapple had to lie down on all fours before the lad could bestride him. And it was hard work to get up even then, although he lay flat and his coat was so smooth and so sleek, the sunbeams shone from it as from a looking glass. Dapple was willing enough to follow the lad, so no more horse murder. That's good. Well, I mean, yet. Yeah, as far as we know. As far as we know. So the lad jumped on his back, and when he came riding home to his brothers, they all clapped their hands and crossed themselves for such a horse they had never heard or never seen before. Hmm. I don't think that's a horse. <laughs> I think it's the devil. I think that's a demon. Yep. <laughs> Hold on one second. It's good. I need a. I need a moment to recover. Anyway, from what the fuck? What the fuck? What Seriously, the whatever the Abby, fuck what that the was. Fuck? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Can you imagine being told this story as a child? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've got literal goosebumps. Like, this I, is... I could not have planned this better. Like, this is a genuine issue in fairy tales. <laughs> Why oh, do they hate wow. horses? And this was the one we randomly flipped to. <laughs> Whew. All right. Go back. Go on. If you will only get me the best shoes you can for my horse and the grandest saddle and bridle that are to be found, said the lad, you may have my 12 mares that graze upon the hill yonder and their 12 foals into the bargain. For you must know that this year, too, every mare had her foal. Yes, his brothers were ready to do that, and so the lad got such strong shoes under his horse that the stones flew high aloft as he rode across the hills, and he had golden saddle and golden bridle, which gleamed and glistened a long way off. I love how the story just seems to think that foals spring out of mares out of nowhere. Like they just. Yeah, they just do it. Like it's just do natural. It. Or, may- or maybe or maybe this is like farmhand. Everybody knows how it goes. That there's no really there's really no such thing as insects as incest in the animal kingdom. Oh, yeah. They're just not explaining it. Yeah. That's not the story. <laughs> Not this story. All right, go on. When a mommy horse and a daddy horse really love each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so he leaves and all of his brothers get the other horses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those mares are so grateful to see the back of both of them. <laughs> oh, for real. Oh, my gosh. And those 12 foals don't get fucking murdered. Okay. Yep, that's great. All right, go on. Now we're off to the king's palace, said Dapplegrim. That was his name. <gasps> so the horse is Dapplegrim. Makes sense. Yeah. Because it's a dapple, a gray dapple horse. Yeah, Dapplegrim. Sure, that makes sense. And grim because he's fucking a murderer. <laughs> yes, because he's very grim. It's very grim indeed. <laughs> yes, the lad said he would mind. He'd be sure not to forget, and when he rode off from his brother's house, you may be sure it wasn't long, with such a horse under him, before he got to the king's palace. When he came there, the king was standing on the steps and stared and stared at the man who came riding along. Nay, nay, said he, such a man and such a horse I never yet saw in all my life. But when the lad asked if he could get a place in the king's household, the king was so glad he was ready to jump and dance as he stood on the steps. Mm -hmm. Because he had a very impressive horse. I get it. Mm -hmm. Well, they said, perhaps he might get a place there. Aye, said the lad, but I must have a good stable room for my horse and fodder that one can trust. Yes, he should have a meadow hay and oats as much as Dapple could cram and all the other nights 
had to lead their horses out of the stable, that Doppelgram might stand alone and have it all to himself. Definitely keep that horse away from the other horses. Yes. <laughs> Don't let him anywhere near the other horses. <sighs> it's not a horse. <laughs> But it wasn't long before all the others in the king's household began to be jealous of the lad. And there was no end to the bad things that they would have done to him if they had only dared. At last, they thought of telling the king he had said he was man enough to set the king's daughter free, whom the troll had long since carried uh, away into the hill. Kelsey, I'm not going to lie. I clean forgot that there was <laughs> a princess who'd been captured by <laughs> You forgot about the troll and the princess. I forgot about that particular <laughs> plot element until just now. There was a lot to process in between. There's been a lot to process. And also, she's been there for f- years. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's been kidnapped for years. Yep. They pretty much forgot about her. That girl's dead. <laughs> or she's the troll queen. Or she's the troll queen at this Living point. Her best like, life. The king called the lad before him and said he had heard the lad said he was good to do so-and-so. And so now he must go to do it. If he did it, he knew how the king had promised his daughter in half the kingdom. And that promise would be faithfully kept. If he didn't, he should be killed. Because of course. The lad kept on saying he never said any such thing. <laughs> uh-huh. The lad's like, uh, no. I but did was- not say that. <laughs> But it was no good. The king wouldn't even listen to him. So the end of it was he was forced to say he'd go and try. Mm -hmm. Because what else do you have this incredibly impressive horse for? If not to go rescue princesses on it. I feel like this horse knows more than this lad. I still think you may get a point for demon. (laughs) Even though he's a murderer. (laughs) So he went to the stable down in the mouth and heavy hearted. And then Doppelgrim asked him at once why he was such in the dumps. Then the lad told him all and how he couldn't tell which way to turn. For setting the princess free, that's downright stuff. I don't know what that means. It's got that weird old-timey language kind of thing. Sure, that's downright stuff. Absolutely. That's downright stuff. Couldn't agree more. It's downright stuff. Oh, but it might be done, perhaps, said Doppelgrim. I'll help you through, but you must have me well shod. You must go and ask for 10 pound of iron and 12 pound of steel for the shoes and one smith to hammer and another to hold. Yes, the lad did that and got for an answer, yes. He got both the iron and the steel and the smiths. So Dapplegrim was shod both strong and well, and off he went with the lad from the courtyard into a cloud of dust. When he came to the hill into which the princess had been carried, the pinch was how to get up the steep the wall rock where the troll's cave was hidden in. There was a steep wall. Yep, there's a steep wall. And that's How do you get up there? That's the pinch <laughs> right there. <laughs> For you must know, the hill stood straight up and down and right on end and as upright as a house wall and as smooth as a sheet of glass. The first time the lad went at it, he got a little way up, but then Dapple's forelegs slipped and down they went again with a sound like thunder on the hill. The second time he rode at it, he got some way farther up, but the forelegs slipped... And down they went with a crash like a land ship. But the third time, Dapple said, Now we must show our mettle. And went at it again till the stones flew heaven high about them. And so they got up. They fucking did they it. Got, they got up there. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> then the lad rode right into the cave at full speed and caught up the princess and threw her over his saddle bow and out and down again before the troll had even time to get on his legs. And so the princess was freed. 
She has been there for years. Well, that was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> all, all you had to do was have a real was big get horse. up a cliff. That was the secret to rescuing the. Uh, mm. When the lad came back to the palace, the king was both happy and glad to get his daughter back. That you will well believe. But somehow or other, though I don't know how, the others about the court had so brought it about the king was angry with the lad after all. What? Why? Yeah, I don't know why. Thanks you shall have for freeing my princess, he said to the lad, when he brought up the princess to the hall and made his bow. Okay. She ought to be mine as well as yours, for you're a wordfast man, I hope, said the lad. Aye, aye, said the king. Have her you shall, since I said it. But first of all, you must make the sun shine into my palace hall. So now he's giving him extra steps. Okay. No one's asking the princess, like, how you doing, babe? You feeling okay? Do you need someone to talk to about, like, the years <laughs> that you have been kidnapped by a troll? I wanted more trolls. I'm a little disappointed, honestly. I, me too. I thought that was going to be a much bigger deal. I am going to guess that... There's going to be a situation where, like, the horse's very shiny coat is going to reflect sunlight into the king's oh, great hall. That's a really great prediction. Now, you must know that there was a high, steep ridge of rock close outside the windows, which threw in such shade over the hall that never a sunbeam shone into it. That wasn't in our bargain, answered the lad. But I see this as a past praying against. I must even go and try my luck for the princess I must and will have. So okay. down he went to Dapple and told him what the king wanted, and Dapplegrim thought it might easily be done. But first of all, he must be new shod. And for that, 10 pound of iron and 12 pound of steel besides were needed, and two smiths, one to hammer and the other to hold, and then they'd soon get the sun to shine into the palace hall. So Dapple's got ideas, but he also wants a new pair of shoes. He wants new shoes. <laughs> Fair. Fine. He's worked this hard so far, right? He's done all the work so far. <laughs> except for the killing. Yeah. So when the lad asked for all of these things, he got them at once. And the kings couldn't say nay for very shame. And so Dapplegrim got new shoes and such shoes. Okay. <laughs> then the lad jumped on his back and off they went again. And for every leap that Dapplegrim gave, down sunk the ridge 15 L's into the earth. Oh, and so shit. they went till there was nothing left of the ridge for the king to see. Well, then never mind that. It, I'm yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought for sure it was going to be his like shiny coat. Yeah. But because they made a huge point of it earlier. But I, mm -hmm. I guess instead he can just trample down like the surrounding hills. <laughs> When the lad got back to the king's palace, he asked the king if the princess were not his now. For now, no one could say that the sun didn't shine into the hall. But then the others set the king's back up again, and he answered the lad should have her, of course. He had never thought of anything else. But first of all, he must get as grand a horse for the bride to ride onto church as the bridegroom have himself. I do like the idea that she gets a horse. Mm -hmm. That's going to take a few years. And a lot more dead the lad said the king hadn't spoken a word about this before and that he thought he now had fairly earned the princess which agreed mm -hmm. but the king held to his own and more if the lad couldn't do that then he should lose his life and that was what the king said oh my god so this king is just a jerk no one else was able to climb up that hill to get your mm -hmm. girl buddy 
So the lad went down to the stable in doleful dumps, as you may well fancy, and there he told Dapplegrim all about it, how the king had laid the task on him to find the bride as good a horse as the bridegroom had himself, else he would lose his life. But that's not so easy, he said, for your match isn't to be found in the wide world. Oh, yes, I have a match, said Dapplegrim. Ooh, another demon horse. Oh, my gosh. Abby. What? Abby. What? Oh, yes, I have a match, said Dapplegrim. But tisn't easy to find him, for he abides in hell. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Still, we'll try. And now metal you must go fuck. up to the king and <laughs> so fucking metal. <laughs> Uh, So now you must go up to the king and ask for new shoes for me. Ten pounds of iron and twelve pounds of steel and two smiths, one to hammer and one to hold. And mind you see that the points and ends of these shoes are sharp and twelve sacks of rye and twelve sacks of barley and twelve slaughtered oxen we must have with us. And mind, we must have the twelve ox hides with twelve hundred spikes driven into each. And let me see, a big tar barrel. That's all we want. Oh my god. So That's I think it. They're going to hell. Yeah, I think they're going into hell and they also are killing a lot of more they're killing a lot more animals. Oh, okay. So the lad went up to the king and asked for all of that Dapplegram had said, and the king again thought he couldn't say nay for shame's sake. And so the lad got all he wanted. Well, he jumped on Dapplegram's back and rode away from the palace. And when he had ridden far, far over the hill and heath, Dapple asked, Do you hear anything? Yes, I hear an awful hissing and rustling up in the air, said the lad. I think I'm getting afraid. That's all the wild birds that fly through the wood. They are sent to stop us. Just cut a hole in this corn sacks, and they'll have so much to do with the corn, they'll forget us quite. Yes, the lad did that. He cut holes in the corn sacks so that the rye and the barley ran out all the sides, and then the wild birds that were in the wood came flying around them so thick that the sunbeams grew dark. But, you know, that's pretty, like, cool. But as soon as they saw the corn, they couldn't keep to their purpose, but flew down and began to pick and scratch at the rye and barley. And after they began to fight amongst themselves, so Dapplegram and the lab, they forgot all about the birds and did no harm to them. Wild birds are hell's minions, but they can be bought (laughs) off with corn. (laughs) noted so the lad rode on and on far far over the mountain and dale over sand hills and more then dapplegram began to pick up his ears and at last he asked the lad if he had heard anything yes now i hear such an ugly roaring and howling in the wood all around that it makes me quite afraid ah said dapplegram that's all the wild beasts that range through the wood and they're sent to stop us but just cast out the 12 carcasses of oxen and that will give them enough to do. And so they'll forget us outright. Nice. All right. Yeah. And so our lad does that. He casts out the carcasses and all the wild beasts in the wood, all the boars, the wolves, the lions came after them. But when they saw the carcasses, they began to fight for them. They fought amongst themselves till blood flowed in streams. But Doppelgrim and lad, they quite forgot. Good. Okay, so far so good. That's good. They're doing all right. They're doing all right. On their way to hell to get a (laughs) demon horse for his bride, who (laughs) has not been traumatized enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the lad rode far away, and they changed the landscape many times, for Dapplegrim didn't let the grass grow under him, as you may fancy. At last, Dapple gave a great neigh. Do you hear anything? He said. Yes, I hear something like a coltning loud, a long, long way off, answered the lad. That's a full-grown colt then, said Dapplegrim, if we hear him neigh so loud such a long way off. After that, they traveled a good bit, changing the landscape once or twice maybe. Then uh-huh. Dapplegrim gave another neigh. That's like an interesting way to say how long they've gone is that they change landscape. Yeah, change landscapes, sure. Are they going to kill this horse too? <laughs> no, they're. I mean, I don't think they are. I think they're going to bring that horse back to the princess. But it's giving me a lot of questions about Doppelgrim's origin. Like, I've been joking that he's not a real horse and that he's definitely a demon horse for this entire <laughs> story so far. But he's like, no, that's the sound of a full-grown colt out there in the distance. Is it? This is a demon <laughs> horse. This is a, This is a horse from hell that just popped up in your field <laughs> and was like, you should kill all of these other baby horses so that I can have all of their milk. You know, for the next four years. And I just... I agree. <laughs> like, this is a demon horse. <laughs> I agree a thousand percent. Keep keep going. <laughs> so the horse asks again, now listen and tell me if you hear anything. And our lad says, yes, I hear the neigh like a full-grown horse. I, I said Doppelgrim, you'll hear him once again soon. And then you'll hear he's got a voice of his own. So they traveled on and on and changed the landscape once or twice, perhaps. And Dapplegrim neighed the third time. But before he could ask the lad if he heard anything, something gave such a neigh across the heavy hillside. The lad thought the hill and rock would surely be rent asunder. Now he's here, said Dapplegrim. Make haste now and throw the ox hides with the spikes in them over me and throw down the tar barrel in the plain and climb up into that great spruce fir yonder. When it comes, a fire will flash out both nostrils, and then the tar barrel will catch fire. Now mind what I say. If the flame rises, I win. If it falls, I lose. But if you see me winning, take the cast and bridle. You must take it off me, over its head, and then it will be tame enough. This is how you catch a demon horse. (laughs) Yeah, and how you free the other demon horse from its bridle bindings i don't know this demon horse seems like he likes our lad so okay i guess i know but i'm just (laughs) i'm nervous about it (laughs) so just as the lad had done throwing the ox hides with the spikes over dapplegrim he had cast down the tar barrel on the plain and had got up well into the spruce fir up galloped a horse with the fire flashing out his nostrils and the flame caught the tar barrel at once then dapplegrim and the strange horse began to fight until the stones flew heaven high. They fought and bit and kicked both with forefeet and hind feet. And sometimes the lad could see them and sometimes he couldn't. Uh-huh. But at last, the flame began to rise. For whenever the strange horse kicked or bit, he met the spiked hides. And at last, he had to yield. When the lad saw that, Good. he wasn't long in getting down from the tree and throwing the bridle over its head. And then it was so tame you could hold it with a pack thread. And what do you think? That horse was dappled too. And so like Dapplegram, you couldn't tell which was which. Then the uh-huh. lad is, Yeah. <laughs> is that both team and horses? Go on. 
Then the lad bestrode the new dapple he had broken and rode home to the palace, and the old dapplegram ran loose by his side. So when he got home, there stood the king out in the yard. Can you tell me now, said the lad, which is the horse I have caught and broken and which is the one I had before? If you can't, I think your daughter is fairly mine. Then the king went and looked at both dapples, high and low, before and behind, and there wasn't a hair on one which wasn't on the other as well. No, said the king, I can't. And since you got my daughter in such a grand horse for her wedding, you shall have her with all my heart. But still, we'll have one trial more just to see whether you're fated to have her. Dude. He literally went to hell to get a (laughs) demon horse for your daughter. (laughs) This guy sucks. He's doing so much extra work. Uh Uh-huh. Also, nobody has asked this woman what she wants. Mm-hmm. Hello, traumatized girl who was kidnapped by a troll fucking years ago. I think she just wants to be left alone. Do you want a demon horse on top of everything else? Uh, the answer is definitely yes. <laughs> Probably. I would like to take this demon horse and then ride far, far, far away with it. So the next task, first, the princess shall hide herself twice, and then you shall hide yourself twice. If you can find out her hiding place and she can't find out yours, why then you're fated to have her and so you shall have her. That's not in the bargain either, said the lad, but we must just try since it must be so. And so the princess went off to hide herself first. Yeah, she went off to run the fuck away with her (laughs) demon horse and hope he can't find her. You know, oddly enough, she turned herself into a duck. She can do that? (laughs) (laughs) She can. Hey, you know what? That actually tracks because (laughs) trolls are magical. So I'm sure that she spent four years or however many living with the trolls. She probably learned a little magic. That fine. Yes. The princess turned herself into a duck. Why not? Yep. So that's her thing of hide and seek. She's a duck and she lay swimming on a pond that was close to the palace. Pretty good disguise. (laughs) That would be a great disguise. I wish I had those powers for hide and seek. (laughs) But the lad had only run down the stable and asked Applegram what she had done with herself. So again, he wants the horse to like fix all of his problems. Cheating. Oh, you only need to take your gun, said Dabblegram, and go down to the brink of the palm and aim at the duck, which lies swimming about there. (laughs) And she'll soon show herself. Uh, (laughs) what the fuck with this story Uh, so the lad snatched up his gun and ran off to the pond i'll just take a pop at this duck he said and began (gasps) to aim at it nay nay dear friend don't shoot it is i said the princess and he had found her at once the second time the princess turned herself into a loaf of bread and laid herself on the table among four other loaves And so like was she to the others, no one could say which was which. But the lad went again down to the stable to Dapplegram and said how the princess had hidden herself again and he couldn't tell at all what had become of her. Oh, just take and sharpen a good bread knife, said Dapplegram, and do as if you were going to cut into the third loaf on the left hand of the four loaves which are lying on the dresser in the king's kitchen. And you'll find her soon enough. That is so specific. That is, how does he know? Wait, I answered my own question. Demon horse. 
Yes, the lad was down in the kitchen in no time and began to sharpen the biggest bread knife he could lay his hands on. And he caught hold of a third loaf on the left hand and put the knife to it as though he was going to cut it in two. I'll just have a slice of this loaf, he said. Nay, dear friend, said the princess, don't cut. It is I. So he found her (laughs) twice. Then it was his turn to go and hide. But he and Doppelgrim had settled it all well beforehand, so it wasn't easy to find him. First, he turned himself into a tick and hid himself in Doppelgrim's left nostril. And the princess went out hunting him everywhere, high and low. And at last, she wanted to go into Doppelgrim's stall. But he began to bite and kick so that she dared near go near him. Cheating. Cheating. Also, he just has magic powers. Mm-hmm. They both do. Like no, no. But I explain. I, I had cannoned my way out of her being oh, able to turn true. herself uh-huh. and the stuff. <laughs> the troll just wasn't in it enough for me to even get any kind of she- like real satisfaction out of that. Yeah. Okay. Which was a bummer. I mean, the troll was in her life plenty long enough, but you know. I guess his demon horse gave him powers. Sure. Why not? Whatever. <laughs> I guess. Well, she said, since I can't find you, you must show where you are yourself. And in a trice, the lad stood there on the stable floor. The second time, Doppelgrim told him again what to do. And then he turned himself into a clod of earth and stuck himself between Dapple's hoof and shoe on the near forefoot. Hiding on your mean, large demon horse Mm -hmm. is cheating. (laughs) Is it? You know, what's cheating is the king should have just given the princess and have his kingdom after he did what, like, he said he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly concerned for her, I guess. Oh, yeah. She's trying she, really hard to find him. That makes me think she doesn't <laughs> want to get married. You know, maybe that's true. Maybe that's why the king's doing all these tasks. He talked mm-hmm. to her and she's like, Dad, no. She's like, he's no, like, I honestly am a little <laughs> traumatized and I'd like some time to myself <laughs> to process. <laughs> I should have hidden in the nostrils of my giant demon horse. Oh, she should have. If that was a rule. <gasps> that would be awesome. So the princess hunted up and down, out and in, everywhere, and at last she came to the stable and wanted to go in Dapplegrim's loose box. And this time he let her come up to him, and she pried high and low, but under his hoofs she couldn't come, for he stood firm as a rock on his feet, and she couldn't find the lad. Well, you must show yourself, for I am sure I can't find you, said the princess. And as she spoke, the lad stood by her side on the stable floor. Now you are mine indeed, said the lad, for now you can see that I am fated to have you. This he said to both the father and daughter. Yes, it is so fated, said the king, and so it must be. Then they got ready, the wedding in right down earnest, and lost no time about it, and the lad got on Dapplegrim, and the princess on Dapplegrim's match, and then you may fancy they were not long on their way to the church. The end. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Half that story was horse murder, and the second half was... Kind of nothing. Kind of nothing. I mean, not nothing, but definitely just. Yeah. Stuff. Random stuff. Okay. All right. Well, that was was a story that happened. (laughs) I like it more than Roland. I did too. Yeah. Definitely beats Roland. Definitely beats Roland. Um, Uh, I mean, there was a lot to like about that story. I do enjoy the demon horse aspect of it. I think that I think you get a point because there was a literal (laughs) horse from hell. Uh, That's true. It did have hell in it. 
Yeah. And the antagonist was a troll. Was a troll. Well, mm, the I antagonist, mean, perhaps not, but an antagonist, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think there was really like a main antagonist in this story, except for not really. Maybe the horse or the king. Maybe. I don't know. Was it the horse? <laughs> oh, wow. I am. Uh, you got no points. No, I got no points at all. I was way off. And honestly, I'm. Del- I'm I'm delighted and upset by the ways in which I was off. Um, wow. That was a lot. I, um, I'm hurt a little bit by that story. <laughs> That was fun. I I couldn't have planned that better. That was honestly. fun. That was a weird one. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that we, I'm really glad that we chose that one. What are our fixes for yours, by the way? Oh gosh. Oh man. My fix would have been that Doppelgrim's match ran off with the princess and they just left. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> That literally, that was going to be my mm-hmm. fix is like, the princess escapes on her demon horse and mm-hmm. goes Processor drama, like- to get some <laughs> fucking time that like everybody doesn't completely ignore the fact that she has been kidnapped mm-hmm. for the past however many years it has been. And no one gave her time to process any of her trauma. Also, I would like a little more context on what happened with the troll. Like, why did they kidnap her? What yes. happened to her? Mm-hmm. Why was it so easy for the lad to come get her? Just a little more context would be fun. That would make a great anything movie. <laughs> Doppelgram of the demon horse. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That was that was fun. <laughs> okay. Um, let me go ahead and roll. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and flick through, and you can tell me when to stop. Okay. I think it's just, I think it's just faster. Um, I am going to read a selection out of the complete first edition of The Brothers Grimm. Awesome. Stop. I am going to read Fitcher's Bird. Fitcher's Bird. We shall make three predictions for Fitcher's Bird. I predict that Fitcher's Bird is really helpful. It's a helpful bird. I predict that somebody in this story is lost in the woods. Okay. Can I predict that the protagonist doesn't ask any questions? I love that prediction. I love that (laughs) prediction so much. Okay. (laughs) That is my prediction. (laughs) I predict that Fitcher's bird is not a real bird, but that it's something else. That the protagonist gets lost in the woods. Love it. You probably predict that there's more horse violence. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I would if I wasn't like kind of sick of horse violence and I really hope there isn't any. (laughs) It's a little excessive at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go super basic on my third one and Mm -hmm. there's a princess that needs rescuing. Okay. True. That's usually a pretty safe bet with a Brothers Grimm story. Agreed. I feel like that's a very good prediction. Let's hear it. Fitcher's bird. Once upon a time, there was a sorcerer, nice, who was a thief. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) The cool crime of robbery. 
And he used to go begging from house to house in the guise of a beggar. One time, a maiden opened the door and gave him a piece of bread. He had only to touch her to force her to jump into his basket. Oh, goodness. Oh, God. That's not (laughs) good. I hate this story already. (laughs) This is the story of how the princess got kidnapped in the other one. Okay, so she jumps in his basket, then he carries her off to his house where everything was splendid inside and he gave her whatever she desired. Sometime later, he said to her, I have some business to attend to outside the house, and so I must take a trip. Here is an egg. Take a good care of it and carry it with you wherever you go. I'm also giving you a key. And if you value your life, don't go into the room that it opens. So we've got a bit of a bluebeard. Big bluebeard energy. Yeah, except it's not like it opens other rooms in his house it's he Mm -hmm. gives her a key and says don't go in the room that it opens (laughs) that's it's not even like kind of subtle the way bluebeard was that's true i would definitely i mean how could you not what why anyway she has to take care of an egg (laughs) why is he testing her like this he touches her once and that roofies her enough to make her get in his basket i guess I hate this story already. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's just the story. Maybe she just really liked him. I hope so. Don't touch this big red button. (laughs) Don't push this big red button. Women are over curious. Don't look how shiny it is. Don't think about it. So he leaves. And immediately she opens the room. That the key yep. goes to because <laughs> <Just> immediately, <laughs> immediately, as soon as he leaves, she opens no that room. No internal struggle. <laughs> yeah, no struggle, no question. He gives her the key, says, "Don't open that room," and she says, "Well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to open it." I like her. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so she enters the room and she sees a large basin in the middle with dead and butchered people lying in it. Oh no! <laughs> Naturally. She was so tremendously horrified that the egg she was carrying plopped out into the basin. She swiftly takes it out, wipes the blood off, but the blood <laughs> instantly reappears just like the key in Bluebeard. Oh, but it's an egg. Okay. It's an egg this time. She wipes and scrapes, but she can't get rid of the stain. When the man returned from his journey, he demanded the key and the egg. He looked at both of them and he realized right away that she had been in the bloody chamber. Oh, no. I gave you this key and I told you not to. (laughs) Women are so over curious. That's the (laughs) the lesson of this story. (laughs) Didn't you pay attention to my instructions? He said angrily. Now you'll go back into the bloody chamber against your will. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Upon saying this, he grabbed her, led her to the chamber, chopped her into pieces, and tossed her into the basin with the others. (laughs) Oh, shit, that's different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, apparently she had some sisters, because after some time had passed, the man went begging again and captured the second daughter from the same household. He took her from the house, and the same thing happened to her. She opened the forbidden door, let the egg fall into the blood, and was chopped to pieces and thrown into the basin. Oh, my gosh. My God. What a a weird random story. (laughs) (laughs) Fairy tales are weird. Um, (laughs) Now the sorcerer wanted to have the third daughter as well, really going for the trifecta. 
So mm-hmm. he captures her and puts her into his basket. After he returned home, he gave her the key and the egg before he set out on his journey. However, the third daughter. Oh, yeah. She's going to ask questions. Yes. is going to ask a couple questions first. <laughs> so the third daughter is smart and cunning. She put the egg into a cupboard and then went into the secret chamber. Nice. When she found her sisters in the bloody basin, she looked all over the place for their missing parts and put them all together, head, body, arms, and legs. Whoa. I know. And so the two sisters come back to life. What? Yeah, that's awesome. Is that how that works? (laughs) I guess. So then their sister leads them out of the chamber and hides them. And when the man comes home and doesn't find any bloodstains on the egg, he asks the third sister to become his bride. What did she say? What did she say? As if that wasn't implied. She said yes, but she told him that before she'd marry him, he had to fill his basket full of gold and carry it to her parents on his back. Okay. In the meantime, she would make preparations for their wedding. Instead, she stuck her sisters into the basket, covered them with gold, and told them that they were to get help from home. Nice. Now carry this basket to my parents, she said to the man, but don't dare to stop and rest along the way. I can see everything from my window. Oh, damn. I love this girl. Me too. clever as fuck. Yeah, she is. I'm getting major deja vu from this story, and it's not just the Bluebeard connection. Like, have I read this before? Was this in something else? Maybe it's a combination of that, because I also feel like someone sent their dismembered sisters back to their parents in like the other Baba Yaga story that we read this year. Hmm, yeah, there's definitely a lot of fairy tale themes. Yeah. So maybe that's it. It's just it's so, it's so tropey that I'm just mm-hmm. getting major vibes. There's no birds in it so far though. No. <laughs> Which is a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my predictions is going to be there is no bird. Yeah. That's the <laughs> least interesting part of the story. <laughs> the man lifts the basket onto his back and goes on his way. It was, however, so heavy that he was almost crushed to death by the weight. At one point, he wanted to rest, but one of the sisters immediately cried out from the basket, I see from my window that you're resting. Get a move on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can see you. (laughs) She's really good at like throwing her voice so that it doesn't sound like it's coming from the basket. (laughs) And she's calling people out. Uh-huh. So he thought that it was his bride who was crying out. And so mm-hmm. he immediately continued walking. And whenever he stopped along the way, he heard a voice and had to keep moving. Back at his place, the bride took a skull, decorated it with jewels, and set it on the window case. Then she invited the sorcerer's friends to the wedding. And after that was done, she dipped herself into a barrel of honey, cut open a bed and rolled around on the feathers so that it was impossible to recognize her because she looked so strange. She's the bird. She must be the bird. Oh, my God. And this is how she set out on her way. Soon she met some of the wedding guests who asked, where are you coming from? Oh, Flitcher's bird from Fitz Fitcher's house. Haven't you heard? And what may the young bride be doing there? She swept the whole house from top to bottom. Just now, she's looking straight out of the window. And soon thereafter, she met her bridegroom, who was on his return home. Where are you coming from, O Fitcher's bird? From Fitz Fitcher's house, haven't you heard? And what may the young bride be doing there? She's swept the whole house from top to bottom. Just now, she's looking straight out the window. The bridegroom looked and saw the decorated skull. He thought it was his bride and waved to her. 
However, once he and his guests were all gathered inside the house, the helpers who were sent by the sisters finally arrived. And these people locked all the doors of the house, and then they set fire to it. And since <laughs> nobody could get out, they were all burned to death. The end. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Great. That was perfect. That was a great story. There was no bird. There was no bird. I get a point. Uh, yeah, no no princess rescuing. But, yeah, you got one point, and I got – I don't know. Did the protagonist ask any questions? No. So you got a point. So I got a point, too. Oh, my gosh. That was really fun. I absolutely stand a scenario where the ladies rescue themselves. <laughs> yep, that was a good one. That was and really then have fun. the rest of the town set fire to that man and ah. all of his friends. Mm-hmm. Bye, Everybody he knows <laughs> g- was burnt alive in that house. <laughs> I really like it. That was an excellent story. It's not what I was expecting, even in the slightest, but I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. But Fitcher's Bird, there it is. Yeah, that was great. Okay, well, no fixes for that one. That was great. And I think that's going to do it for our bonus episode. If you like that format, let us know. Make sure to message us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, or you can email us at info at com and let us know if you like it. Um, it's definitely fun for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love not knowing what we're going to read. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely wild. Like we just pick a book and see what happens. I literally cry laughed a little bit today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You really did. But that was so funny because there was so much horse murder. Again. (laughs) You know when you're cry laughing a little bit and then it like starts to become real crying and you're just like, what's happening? (laughs) This is so much to process. Thank you so much for being a Patreon for Fairy Tale Fix. I really hope that you're getting something out of these because we definitely are. <laughs> if you haven't already, please remember to leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher as it helps other people find the show so they can also help understand and share the burden of just how much weird, <laughs> weird, weird stories are out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Make sure to also send us your own fun tales, personal anecdotes, your favorite fairy tale inspired art, or literally anything at all to info at fairytalefixpod.com. We really love hearing from you. Thanks again for listening. And the princess rides off with Doppelgrim's match to process her trauma. And everything was perfect in the Fitcher's bird story. And so the three sisters live off the gold that they stole and celebrate burning that man alive with all of his friends until their dying days. (laughs) And they all lived happily Happily ever ever after. after. The The end. end.